Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. So, God, we're here today to lift you up, to glorify you. We thank you that you are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords. We're thankful, Lord, that whatever needs that we have, we can come to you because you're our source. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We declare that the tomb is empty and that you are seated at the right hand of the Father. You ever live to make intercession for us. So we thank you for that. And Lord, whatever needs we have, we can lay them at your feet today. And I trust that as we leave this place this morning, that, Lord, we will go different, that, that our loads will be lighter, and that our hand will be firmly in your hand. And so just minister to us as we gather around your word. Have your will and have your way. We'll thank you. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Let's just remain standing, and let's take our Bibles and turn to Psalm 32. Thank you, worship team bless you today. Psalm 32. Thank you. They didn't trust me any longer with the lapel mic, so I'm back to this one. <laughs> Psalm 32. So we had such a good time last week, I thought we would continue and um, look at the second half of our teaching, there is no place like this place, Psalm 32, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered, blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go, and I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. Before you're seated, turn to the person next to you, look them in the eye and say, I love you more than pizza. Then you may be seated. We had a wonderful time together last Sunday. And um, the real test is whether you come back or not. So thank you for coming back. This is really good. 
We talked last Sunday about Aunt Mary. And we talked about Aunt Mary coming, sitting in the same pew that she sat in for years. There's a young man that came to know the Lord. His name was, was Ethan. And um, he came in and sat in Aunt Mary's pew. And so she kind of stood at the end of the aisle and she talked to him and said, this is my pew. I've sat here for years. Well, he said, I, I kind of like it here. I, I'm close to the pastor and I, I, I'm really comfortable where I am. But you don't understand. I, I, this, is, this, is, this is my pew. I, I've, I've sat here for years and years and years. They had a little continued discussion and finally it was pretty clear that Ethan wasn't about to leave and move from his where he was sitting and so she marched out the door and my point last week was Aunt Mary not only lost her spot but she also lost her place. And the point of the message was that you and I are going to be challenged and will often lose our spot. But when we know the Lord, we can always keep our place. And so that's what we emphasized uh, at length last week. So I was sitting at a stoplight. This morning, the writer says, the lady in front of me was going through papers on the seat of her car, and when the light changed to green, she did not obey its command. A green light is a commandment, not a suggestion. And when the light turned to red, she still had not moved, and I began with my windows up screaming and beating on my steering wheel. My expressions of distress were interrupted by a policeman, gun-drawn, tapping on my window. Against all my protestations of, you can't arrest me for hollering in my car, he ordered me in the back seat of his squad car. After about two hours in a holding cell, the arresting officer advised me I was free to go. I said, I knew you couldn't arrest me for what I was yelling in my own car. You haven't heard the last of this. The officer replied, I didn't arrest you for shouting in your car. I was directly behind you at the light. I saw you screaming and beating your steering wheel, and I said to myself, what a jerk. But there is nothing I can do to him for throwing a fit in his own car. Then I noticed the cross hanging from your rear view mirror. The bright yellow choose life license tag. The Jesus is coming soon bumper sticker. The fish symbol. And I thought you must have stolen the car. 
And so my conclusion in context to our message as I read that, when we lose our spot and we lose our place, we also lose our testimony. When we lose our spot and we lose our place, we also lose our song. And I'm a firm believer as Christians that if we're going to walk with the Lord, we must always maintain our testimony and we should always have a song no matter what. When we learn that, yeah, you can take my spot, but you can't take my place. When you understand what it is to walk with God and know God and hear God and give your heart to God and submit to God, there is what is called the fruit of the Spirit that floods into your life. Don't go quiet on me. I need you to help me here this morning. There is no place like this place. And this place is where I find that relationship with Jesus Christ. So that the fruit of the Spirit is in my life. And that my spirit shines forward more than my soul. It's quite obvious the the gentleman in the car, he was all soul. There was no spirit going on at all. And so last week we talked to you about identity and, and if, if you're going to know your place, you have to know yourself. If you're going to know your place, you have to know your God. You have to know who you are. And the enemy comes to kill, rob, and destroy. And he's trying and is doing an awesome job of, of especially in the hearts of young people, robbing their identity. And I want to take you to the Bible today and, and, and declare over you who you are and who God said. You see, there's all kinds of people that will try to speak to you. A great example of this is Nehemiah on the wall trying to rebuild the gates and the wall. We may talk about that at some point. But there was Sand, Ballad, and Tobiah who had a hidden agenda. I'm here to tell you, when you get on your wall and you have a plan and purpose and hear the voice of God, there will always be a Sand, Ballad. There will always be a Tobiah who will try to pull you off your purpose. We've got to know our God and we've got to know who we are. So last week, we declared over you, according to Scripture, you're an adequate person. You are unique and special. Your life has a purpose as a person. You are successful. And you are strong and able. So let's move forward and continue to look at identity just by way of introduction. And I was told that I don't have to preach just 30 minutes. So that was encouraging. They said 35 and the flags start to wave and the siren goes off. So we'll try and watch our time. 
But the Bible says, and this is our sixth point, and we do have handouts there and, and the notes for you. Most of it's done, just the odd word will show up. If you didn't receive one when you came in, just lift your hand. The ushers will make sure you get one. Number six, you are sufficient for every task. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And sometimes we read the Bible and we think, well, that can't apply to me. You don't know what I grew up in. You don't know the baggage that I carry. You don't know the challenges I have. You don't know the difficulties that I've grown up with. I'm here to tell you that the spirit of the living God is greater than any situation. And what I discover in my own life, that if I feed my spirit, I will grow. Now, if I feed my soul, mind, will, and emotion, then I'm going to live out of my soul. But there's a supernatural calling upon the people of God. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, the veil has been rent in two. We all realize the veil has been rent in two. And, and some people, some people as Christians, they say, if I can just get From the outer court to the inner court, I'm doing good. I'm here to tell you there's still a holy of holies for the people of God. There's a place of redemption washed by the precious blood. Do not let yesterday dictate who you are today. There's a place that we have in Almighty God. And it's that place of taking time every day to feed your spirit. We, we often lose our place because our soul is stronger than our spirit. And so God has taught us as a couple the, the fruit of taking time, even when you're old, you take time to feed your spirit. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So the question today is, your, are you feeding your spirit? Because I'll guarantee you, sometime tomorrow or at least this week, you're going to have a fruit test. <laughs> Somebody's going to do something or say something that's going to pull you into your soul. The goal of our Christian walk is to walk in love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, long-suffering, self-control. And if you wonder how far you are in intimacy with Father God, write out the fruit of the Spirit. Put a number beside them, 1 to 10. And what you'll usually find, as I found, uh, some some of those numbers are strong. There's a few that might be a little weaker. But then get your spouse to rate you. Or a friend. Add them together and divide by two. And that's likely kind of where you are. But God wants to grow us. You see, years ago as a Pentecostal movement, we, we, we used to preach sanctification. Anybody ever heard of that word, sanctification? It's about just not only coming to Jesus, but growing in Jesus. Letting God change us day after day. You know, when when you grow your spirit, 
your wife will actually like being with you. I'm just saying. You see, after a hundred years, every denomination has died. And what happens is, after a while in a, in a denomination, religious spirit starts to be introduced. Religious spirit, my definition of religious spirit is the book doesn't match the cover. I'm one way on Sunday, but the rest of the week little different. What our young people and children are looking for in moms and dads and the church and leaders is authenticity. This is not an hour for the church to be religious. This is an hour for the church of Jesus Christ to push into the holy of holies, enjoy his anointing and his power and his authority and his plan and his purpose. You need to shut out Sam Ballad and Tobiah and say, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. That's the call that needs to be upon our fellowship. We need a revival, a refreshing, I guarantee you. The revival might not be like the 1900s, but God, whatever it takes, interrupt us if you need to and, and, and pour out of your spirit afresh upon us. We need a fresh plan. We need a fresh purpose. We need a fresh vision. We need to get our hand into the hand of the Father and walk with him. You are sufficient for every task. You will overcome every obstacle. I've told you these things, John says, so that in me you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. There isn't one thing you will face this week that Jesus didn't face and over, overcome. And he wants to enable you. Number eight, challenges are people will not stop you. First John says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. These scriptures need to stop being scriptures of the head. They need to become part of our heart. And your children and your young people need to see you walking it out in every obstacle that you face. Agendas to harm me will fail. No weapon forged against you will prevail and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. When the enemy comes in like a flood, my God will raise up a standard against him. It's time for the church to get into the holy of holies and see the supernatural once again. If you're fiddling and fooling around in the outer court, you're likely not going to see the supernatural. But when you're all in and you've given your heart to God, there's an expectation that begins to arise where we say, God, if you don't come and meet us, I don't know what we're going to do when you move through the inner court into the Holy of Holies. You say, this is where 
the anointing is. This is where the blessing is. And it doesn't matter if you're a pastor or a layperson today. God, help me to be in that place of intimacy with you. Number 10, you, you're, you are secure and confident. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be at your side and keep your foot from being snared. That's our introduction. I'm in so much trouble already. All right, let's go to number six of our teaching today. You can still be in your place no matter how difficult the place. No matter how much of a challenge you face, you can still have your hand in the hand of the Father. Psalm 32, verse 5, our text today. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. When you stand before the Lord, and you're innocent and you're blameless, you are under the authority of God. And here's the thing about what the Bible says. You don't have authority unless you're under authority. And so I just want to suggest today that when you move, when you move, in your soul, you're on your own. And so you draw on your mind and your will and your emotion. But when you give your heart totally to Father God and learn what it is to be a son and daughter of the kingdom, you come under the umbrella of his protection. So you're just relying on your soul, you are relying on the spirit of the living God. <laughs> and there's a lot of Christian husbands that have position, but they don't have authority. And there are few more frustrating places to be as a man, is to be in position but have no authority. So, yeah, they call me father. They call me dad. But it's just a position. Here's the thing. If nobody's, if you think you're a leader and nobody's following you, then you're just going for a walk all by yourself. And I see some people at the office, and yeah, they have the position, but they don't have authority, and they can't grow, and they can't be fulfilled, and they can't move the company forward. And we need spiritual men and women who understand authority. And so God's been teaching me the significance of being under the authority of God 
And I make that choice every single day. Time doesn't permit, but there's four areas of authority that God has ordained, the church, the home, the government, and the job. And the Bible's very clear on how that authority needs to flow. And when you're in your place, they may take your spot, but when you're in that place with the Lord, (laughs) then you have authority. And so, in Gethsemane, Jesus found and stayed in his place, no matter how difficult it was. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as I will. And here's the thing, that when we go through difficult things and we don't understand, God says, keep walking in faith and walking in obedience, because obedience grows trust. Trust always involves the unanswered questions. And you may be sitting here uh, today and you say, I don't understand why this happened. Well, then you've got to move at some point from faith to trust. You say, Father, I don't get it. I question you. I am upset with you. And, And God can handle that conversation. Don't be afraid of that. But as you grow in him, the spirit of the living God comes and gives you, watch this, a peace that passes all understanding and grows your trust so that you say, yes, Father, I come under the umbrella of your covering and someday you will give me the answer. And that's what Jesus proved The fear of God is a loving relationship with the Lord that includes submission to his lordship and to the commands of his word. When God took me on this journey of intimacy with him, the one thing I realized, I had come from a Scottish culture. I don't know if we have any Scotsmen here today. But one of the predominant features of a Scotch culture is pride. Yucky. And God taught me that I had to choose humility if I wanted to be used by the Lord. And see, very simply, humility is bringing our soul into submission to the will of God. Number seven, when you find your place, your place will increase and become a bigger and better place. That's prosperity. So number six was authority. Number seven is prosperity. And our text says this, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go and I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Psalm 118 says, when hard pressed, I cried to the Lord and he brought me into a spacious place. My dad was uh, a Pentecostal pastor. He was a Scotsman through and through. And he would always drink tea morning, noon, 
and night. And he would always put the kettle on six minutes before we had to go somewhere. He had to have a cup of tea before we went out almost all the time. And you can't make a scotch cup of tea unless the water is bubbling. It has to bubble and bubble and bubble, often bubbling so much that the kettle went dry and he had to start over again. So he would make this hot cup of tea and invariably it was too hot and to my mother's chagrin, she was very proper and my father was anything but, he would take the tea and pour it into the saucer. Now, when the tea is in the saucer, it cools more quickly, and you can slurp it. You can't drink it. You have to slurp it. Here's the thing with Christians. Many of us are simply drinking out of a half-filled cup, and God wants to fill us so full that it will spill over into the saucer. I'm looking for church services that 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 the cup isn't just half full, but it's full and running over. We used to sing at Sunday school chorus, full and running. I, I want I want the overflow of what God has for us as a church. I want his presence. I want his anointing. I want his freshness. I want his plan. I want his purpose. So when we study the Bible, when you find your place, your place will increase and become bigger and better place. Humility and the fear of the Lord brings wealth and honor and life. Three things people are are chasing, wealth and honor and life. Humility and the fear of the Lord produce those things. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. The desire of the righteous ends only in good. When we are all in, everything we were chasing before will come to you as sons and daughters. Oh, come on, church. Come on. We chase so many things, and we don't have time for our devotions. And on a scale of 1 to 10, our, our devotions are somewhere around a 3 or a 4. And God says, if you'll make your devotions a 10 and serve me wholeheartedly. Oh, but what does the Bible say? The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who are blameless. You need to set yourself passionately to pursue him not some religious rote that you follow in your devotions, but what's the Father asking you? Let's start moving from servanthood to sonship and come into intimacy with him. God wants to prosper you and bless you. Once you find your place, number eight, no one can steal your place. We were commenting on the way here this morning of, we were, we were listening to worship music and uh, just the blessing of the Lord. And God, God as a father wants to bless you. And, and, and the only person that hinders that blessing are the choices that I make. The Bible is filled with promises. 
I have to read this. I was reading this in my devotions this morning. I may get in trouble, but I've been in trouble before. Here's what it says. This is what I read this morning. I was so excited. Psalm 18. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. You see, when we get out of the outer court, and you see, when we're in the outer court, we tend to look around and compare ourselves to other people who are in Satan's court. We say, yeah, pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Folks, God wants to take you deeper. And there is a security that you can have Rejoice, Psalm 32, in the Lord, and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. God wants us to get back our testimony and our song. You are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope in your word. Number nine, know that your place is not like any other place, which is uniqueness. You are unique. If you're King James Version student, it says you're peculiar. What does that mean? That means we don't live in our soul. We live in our spirit. You surround me with songs of deliverance, Psalm 32 and 7. Verse 10 says, steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Worship team, if you'll come, please. I like this last one. If you ever lose your place, your place is always in the same place. (laughs) If you lose your place, your place is always in the same place. In other words, God, God doesn't move. That's grace. How many are thankful for the amazing grace of Almighty God? Where would we be without his unmerited favor? And so my prayer today is that God will fill me with his grace so that no matter what wall I'm at, no matter what is hindering me from that intimacy with God, I will allow his grace to overflow me and flood me and change my life. And so we've talked to you about contentment and stability and maturity and self-worth and humility, and authority, and prosperity, and security, and uniqueness, and grace. That's the place that God has for you and I. Will you stand together? You have been so attentive. Thank you so much. Amazing grace. Is it possible to sing that? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Am I putting you on the spot? <laughs>